The second reading this morning is from Matthew chapter 27, starting at verse 22. Pilate said to the crowd, Then what should I do with Jesus, who is called the Messiah? All of them said, Let him be crucified. Then Pilate asked, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Let him be crucified. So when Pilate saw that he could do nothing, but rather that a riot was beginning, he took some water and washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves. Then the people as a whole answered, His blood be on us and our children. So Pilate released Barabbas for them, and after flogging Jesus, he handed him over to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the governor's headquarters, and they gathered the whole cohort around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him, and after twisting some thorns into a crown, they put it on his head. They put a reed in his right hand and knelt before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. They spat on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. After mocking him, they stripped him of the robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him away to crucify him. This is the word of our Lord. Welcome, confirmands. Welcome, congregation. Welcome, Sky Aurora. Welcome, families and guests on this lovely morning, the first day of our summer schedule. Today, we gather. We gather. It is what the church does. It gathers. As a community of those who are called out, the church walks out and away from some things and toward and around someone else. It gathers around Christ. It gathers those who have been there before and gathers those who are new. Today we are doing both. Some in this room have been here many years, were baptized here 15 years ago. Some in this room are brand new. Some in this room have been here even a bit longer. And so we gather around each other. We gather around this child, these young adults, we gather around Christ. Who is this Christ? In the liturgical church calendar, today is Ascension Sunday. Ascension Sunday celebrates when? Post-resurrection, after 40 days on earth in the mode of God, Jesus ascends into the heavens. He is taken up. It is the great beam-me-up event of the Christian church. It is a celebratory, triumphant, cosmic proclamation of Christ's ascent to the divine summit of glory. The Romans couldn't hold him. The disciples couldn't hold him. Gravity couldn't hold him. Death could not even hold him. Jesus an unrestrainable helium balloon filled raises into the world's and past upper limit. He has been raised. He lives. He commands. He preaches. He has cooked fish. 
he transports in seemingly instantaneous poofs from one place to another on a road to Emmaus. And then he ascends to the right hand of God the Father Almighty. Victory, lordship, cosmic overcoming, the ceiling can't hold him. It is finished. It's hard to beat that. We too will, in just a few minutes, have our confirmands come forward. They will ascend a step or two and proclaim their faith in this Christ. It's been a year of thinking and talking about this. After some long and deep thought and perhaps some pacing around, they have found some answers they can honestly subscribe to. They have ascended over doubt and confusion. They have ascended into conviction. They have ascended into faith. Why then the harsh scripture readings? Pilate said to them, then what should I do with Jesus who is called the Messiah? And all of them said, let him be crucified. While the politicians boast of power, while the wise of the age assume this to be an empty myth, a ninth grader right here knows that here, in here are words of life. Rachel, you write in your statement of faith that I knew that no matter what happened at school, I would always have the church. Using the lyrics to a classic vacation Bible school song, God's everlasting love is higher, higher than the skies, this is how I understand it. God's love is so deep, it is deeper than the deepest seas. Except understand is not the most accurate representation of how I comprehend God's love. It is actually the opposite. I do not understand how something can be endless. As a human, everything I have known is terminating. From simple experiences, such as finishing an ice cream cone, we've done a lot of that, to the end of someone's life. It is impossible for me to conceptualize something that will never run out, never become spoiled, never die, and that is never ending. Throughout Jesus' lifetimes, you continue, he experiences ending. For example, the broken friendship with his disciple Judas. These happenings Jesus experienced on earth can be paralleled to experiences that all of us have. The biggest one is Jesus' death on the cross. All humans experience death, you write, except death is not Jesus' ending. So when Pilate saw that he could do nothing, but rather that a riot was beginning, he took some water washed his hand before the crowd, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves. Ella, you too understand that here, here is something to put one's life on. This is what I believe, you proclaim boldly. I believe in a loving, understanding, selfless, and forgiving God, our Father, our Creator, someone to lean on when questioning the difficulties of life. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God who was born of the Virgin Mary to spread the word of God that was crucified, killed, buried, and rose again. If Christ rose again, why, why does the church focus so much on the crucified, on the killed, on the buried? If God is our creator, why, why is there so much questioning the difficulties of life?
And yet there is, and we do. As Pilate himself asks, why, what evil has he done? Then the people as a whole answered, his blood be on us and our children. This blood, this cross, Bailey, you too know there's something powerful about this, that it is the way to truth. Every morning I start my day the same. I get up, shower, get dressed, and put on my cross. Although it's a small detail, the last one is the most important to me, you write. My cross symbolizes my religion to myself and others. I'm proud to be a Christian, and I'm proud to show the world that I am. However, I mainly wear my cross for myself. It's a simple reminder to keep myself, uh, to keep the Lord in my mind with every step I take. It helps me to remember that Jesus died on a cross for us and that I should live a life that I'm proud to live that Jesus would approve of. So Pilate released Barabbas for them. And after flogging Jesus, he handed him over to be crucified. What, we might ask, does Jesus approve of? One of our members, who's about to be the newest, already has the answer. Liam. There is a statement from the passage titled Philippians, chapter 2, that read, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. I wanted to touch on this, you say, because this is what I believe all people should try to do, even if it doesn't seem like the right time or place or situation. People should look to regard others more than themselves, in my opinion. Most people probably think, oh, well, Jesus should help the less fortunate. But it is not only Jesus who should help them, it is the people of the world that need to acknowledge a problem and with the guidance of Jesus resolve it. Jesus is not the one doing all the work, rather it is the people of the world. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the governor's headquarters and they gathered the whole cohort around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him and after twisting some thorns into a crown, they put it on his head. More wisdom from confused confirmands. Ryan, I felt like this whole Presbyterian thing was so much work. <laughs> and that I was going to forever stay confused and uncertain. But, as Annalise taught you, the opposite of faith is certainty. So now I think I realize you don't need to know all the answers to know God. After hearing this, I realized that everything that was confusing before makes perfect sense. We learn these Bible stories about Jesus teaching people God's ways so that we can become closer with God. They put a reed in his right hand and knelt before him. And mocking him, they said, Hail, King of the Jews. Charlotte, growing up, Church was like a sun to me. My early childhood revolved around a star that shone brighter than any individual key planet. When the pandemic hit, everything stood still. The revolving planets kept revolving, but the sun shone less and less. The pull for the warmth, for the growth, for the family that was church was blocked by a pile of bricks. My life, my weeks didn't revolve around the church anymore. 
the belief in something better, in Jesus and God, the belief that what, had, that what I had grown up with was true flashed out as quickly as it had flashed in. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And yet, you continue, a sun, a star, a constant, a home, a never-fading mass at the center of my galaxy. I have faith that there is something greater in the universe that connects the world together. Within my faith is love. Within my faith is pain. Within my faith is family. Charlotte, with your conviction that Jesus is the living God, you say it just a few lines later, we might get a little bit syllogistic. Within this Jesus is love. Within this Jesus is pain. Within this Jesus is family. They spat on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. After mocking him, they, they, they. Here is a beaten God. Here is a humiliated God. Here is a community gathered around him. A community even here, even in this violence. Here is Christ your Lord. Peter, he helped me get through times when I didn't understand what was happening. When I was asking the question, why? Why is this happening? One good example of it was when I was 13 years old. I got sick with kidney stones. Who gets kidney stones at the age of 13? <laughs> why me? I had to have surgery. I couldn't understand why this was happening to me. At that time, I spent a lot of time praying and trusting God. God always has a path, and I know God will take care of me and the people I care about. I trust God. I trust that he will guide me through good times and bad times. Here is a patient God. Here is an honest God. While the idols of the world prove themselves false in their inability or unwillingness to suffer, to suffer disgrace, here is a community gathered around a true, revealing, unknown God. A community, even here, here is love providential. Cyrus, saying to my parents goodbye or I love you is in the morning is important before I go to school because it shows affection and love. I never know if I might see them again. This, my love, is key to my faith. Having love will help me understand God, you write. In Romans 8, verse 28, we know that all things work together for good for those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. Having love for God will make all things work out. As we gather around today, what amazes us? We are perhaps less amazed by a God who flies through the air than a God who gasps for breath. We are not as awed, perhaps, as a great beam-me-up event as we are by the taking up 
of a cross. We do not fall silent by an ascent onto an Everest of divine pride, but by a climb onto Golgotha, the place of the skull, a mount of human pain. We are amazed by an ascent, an ascent onto a cross. Today we gather around the one who suffered, the one who was lost, the one of whom it is said he saved others. He cannot save himself. Correction, he saved others. He will not save himself. But we, we have been saved. This one is our Lord. We put our trust in him. As it says behind me, the Lord, this Lord, is nigh unto all that call upon him. This is our Savior, for this has been done for us. And so we say, come, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Do not be far from us. Amen.